Proverbs 2, 9 and 10. Sweetness of completeness. It says, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Isn't that good? All of the fullness of the Godhead bodily in Jesus Christ. I love as I looked in the word of the Lord, and, I, and we'll get to the other verse in just a moment, but I just did another quick count in the book of John alone where Jesus references the Father. And it's mentioned 118 times Jesus mentions the Father. He said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Just as I, my Father has sent me, I'm now sending you on behalf of the Father. So what we see is that the Spirit dwells in Christ, the Father dwells in Christ, Jesus Christ dwells in the Father, and Jesus Christ dwells in the Spirit. There are three, but yet one. And this is the part I want you to get. And like I told you before in the exaltation, is that if we don't, we can have truth. And it, tr truth doesn't change, it's absolute, it's God's truth. But what happens when we take the truth and we believe it, now it starts to have an impact and a power in our life. And this is the part that many times that we miss out on in the fullness of what God wants to do in our life, and that is this. And you are complete. You are complete. You're lacking nothing. There's nothing missing. You are as you ought to be. You're accepted in the Lord. You're complete. If there's any shortcomings, it's been filled in by Christ. You are complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers. Jesus came to save us. He came to deliver us. He's come to empower us. He's come to heal us. But he's also come to fill us with the completeness of all that he is in everything that he has done. Amen? So the sweetness of completeness, I, I just believe that it is the most relevant message of the hour. And it's the righteousness in Christ. It is as the, the, the definition of righteousness is as we ought to be. Divinely accepted, divinely approved. We are God approved in Christ. And our faith in him our faith in the completed work of Christ revolutionizes, it changes, it, it transforms the individual from who they're not supposed to be into who they are meant to be in Christ. As we look here to the word of the Lord, I want you to look here as it is God's desire in my prayer today is that we, the body of Christ, the sons and daughters of the Lord, those who have been called out of darkness into the marvelous light. And you say, well, I haven't been called out of darkness. Oh, yeah, you have. You just hadn't answered yet. You just haven't received the light of the life of Jesus Christ. And, but today is a good day because today you can, on this Father's Day 2022, you can accept Christ as Lord and Savior, and your life will be transformed by the power of the blood of Jesus. I want you to look here in John 9 as, as we awaken to the righteousness and the Lord gives us a, a clear example of who we were and how we lived 
and how that religion tried to keep us in that place. Mm. But how that the Lord brought us out. And I hope today with all of my heart that we are awakened to who we are meant to be. There is a, there's a joy in serving the Lord. There is a, there is a thrill being a part of the kingdom of God. You say, well, I've been in this thing a long time, and, and there's not a lot of zeal left in me. Oh, let me tell you, the things of the Lord, they're new every day. There, there's a newness in God that is here now. There is a completeness in the Lord that maybe you've yet to discover. See, it's only been in the recent recent time in my life and all of the, the past history of all of my Christian experiences has brought me to this place of, of revelation and that is I am all that I need to be and all that I should be in Christ. That, that I'm not striving anymore. I, I, first, I am throwing off the Martha mentality, trying to please the Lord with all of my works. And I want to take on the Mary mentality and just sit at the, at the completed work of Christ and rest in him. But we see here in John, what a beautiful portrait God gives us in his word. Father, I'm, I'm asking once again for your help. I'm asking, Father, for the, for the breakdown, Lord God, of the blindness, Lord, that our eyes may see clearly your will and your way, Father, today. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you are the anointed storyteller and that, Lord, you're going to unveil to us, Lord, the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Oh, thank you, Father. Won't you look here in John 9 as we look, as we think about the sweetness of completeness. It says, now as Jesus passed by, saw a man could could you be that man that woman who was blind from birth and his disciple asked saying rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind Jesus answered neither this man nor his parents sin but that the works of God should be revealed I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had said these things, he spit on the ground, and he made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and he washed and he came back seeing. Therefore, the neighbors, those who previously had seen that he of who we are meant to be. So as we look there, what we see is this, this blindness caused him in that day to be limited to a beggar's life here's the man born blind but the beautiful picture that we see in the word of god is that he was blind until jesus came by he was blind he couldn't see until he was touched by the master's hand he was blind and could not navigate this natural world because of his 
impairment in his physical body. But see, there is no difference in you and I. As we are in this world, we have no ability to navigate the spiritual reality in which God has called us because of our spiritual blindness. And so his disciples asked the question, and that question was a condemning question. That question was an accusatory question. It was what they had been taught. It was their level of understanding of the Father. It was their level of understanding of religion and devotion. They asked the Lord Jesus, who sinned to cause this? Did he sin and now he's blind? Because the Jews in that day, they saw the impairment as a curse from the Lord. Did he sin or did, is this a result of his parents' sin? And he said, neither. As a portrait of humanity, it was blindness that was inherited for you and I from the very beginning of the disobedience of Adam and Eve in the garden. So spiritual blindness has come upon all of us as we enter into this world. And we are blind until Jesus comes by. And he said, so that the glory of the Lord may be revealed in this man. He's blind, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how he's going to receive his sight. He was blind. So as we look here, we see that Jesus did something crazy. Crazy. He spit in the dirt. He spit in the dirt. Now, this, this passage has, has perplexed me for years. Has it not you? As you look at that, when Jesus came by, he's like, uh, neither his, he sinned nor his, his parents sinned, but the, but the glory of the, of the Lord may be revealed in him. The work of God is going to be complete in him today. And so the Lord goes over in the method of healing he chose was spitting in the dirt. Anybody ever been perplexed about that? Until I begin to look at the reference in the Word of God, and I see our original origin, I see our original origin as God created the heavens and the earth by the spoken word. He created the atmospheres and all that is here, everything that, as he looked at that, he said, it is good. It's good. Now, what he, he also did is he, once he created all the universe and everything that was seen, he reached down with his own hands and he formed man out of what? The dust of the earth. So in the dust of the earth... It was still good at the time of God's creation. And he breathed into Adam's nostril the breath of life, and he became a living soul. He became Adam. He became the, 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 the first man that ever, that ever lived, and God saw that it wasn't good that he lived alone, so he, he brought him a bride. 
Oh, and as he slept, this is just, just a little bit of an added note there. As he slept, the Lord from his side brought out his wife, his bride. No different as God is reflecting to you and I that the Lord Jesus, in a sense, as he laid in the tomb for three days, as he slept, the bride of Jesus Christ came forth. Oh, well, maybe, maybe that'll catch you tomorrow. But see, the, the earth was good, and God created everything good, and he created Adam and Eve perfectly innocent. But upon their disobedience, curse became on all. And when Jesus reached down and he picked up the dirt and he spit in his hand, another significant fact about spitting in the hand is that I don't know, this man, he might have anticipated or, or looking as he couldn't see his other senses being heightened. He was maybe expecting a, a splash, a spit to hit upon him. And you say, why would he expect that? It's because all the spitting he ever received was from those religious crowd that walked by, saw him as a curse, and they would spit on him. But he didn't feel anything come on him in that moment and then all of a sudden that spit turned into something else because God spit in the dirt and it began to rub that together, that, that saliva in that dirt and that he anointed, the Bible says he anointed, he rubbed that on the eyes of the blind man. What was he doing? He was reversing the curse. He was reversing the curse. He was taking the cursed ground and that substance and what was coming forth out of his mouth. He was mixing that into that curse. And now he was anointing those eyes so that the blind could now see, so that the lame could now walk, so that everything that was stolen might be restored, so that the prisoner may know you are now free. Because you bore the image of the man of dust, the cursed one, but oh, even more so, not only in the life to come, but in this life as well. You will bear the image of not the first Adam, not the second Adam, but the last Adam. I told you Wednesday night when the Lord spoke to me. If you want to know who you are, you got to look at Jesus. If you want to know who you are, stop looking at you and start looking at Jesus. If you want to know what you're meant to be and who you're meant to be, stop looking at you as the source of the end all and start looking at him. So we see, here's Jesus. and He has reversed the curse. Oh, don't you love it? He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Not righteousness in me, and I have no righteousness outside of him. But folks, let me tell you, he not only declares us righteous before him, he puts his righteousness as a gift inside of us. And so we understand by faith, in faith, through faith, we are righteous not because of what we have done, but because of the completed work of Jesus Christ. Good stuff, man. 
eyes were opened. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the year of Jubilee. Mm, mm. Oh, now, Hold that just a minute. Now, this is what I want you to do, son. I want you, to, as the Lord Jesus reached down and he's reversing the curse, he's, he's taken the cursed ground that he had blessed, the cursed man that, was, that he had blessed. And because of disobedience, the curse came upon uh, that individual. But that's all right. I'm going to reverse that curse. And, and so he takes the dirt and he said, what's well, coming out of my mouth, a spoken word, my testimony over you. Let me tell you, if we overcome the enemy by the word of our testimony, by the blood of the lamb, because we love not our life unto death who are we emanating who are we representing we are representing the Lord Jesus Christ and if he if he by his word of testimony is greater than our word we understand that when he begins whatever comes out of his mouth he's saying and declaring you are righteous now, if he tells me I'm righteous, I'm righteous. But let me tell you, it doesn't have effect in my life until I know it got to know it I got to believe that there is a sweetness of completeness there is a joy in serving the Lord if you haven't found the joy of the serving the Lord then you haven't had the peace of the Lord and if you don't have the joy and the peace then what you need to discover is righteousness so he reverses the curse because he became a curse for us and he anointed the eyes so that we can see we're no longer prisoners, but we're free. We're no longer blind, but now we can see. We're not who we were. Now, as we look to the word of the Lord, he said, I want you to go. I want you to go and I want you to wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. Now, according to the Passion Translation, he wasn't healed until he went and he began to wash. See, he's, he's got the anointing on him, and with that anointing in that pool of Siloam, it means the pool of apostleship, apostleship, which means, in its literal meaning, it means to be sent. So what happens is as the Lord has anointed his eyes, he said, I want you to go. I, I don't know how he got there. Somebody must have been there alongside him. Maybe one of the disciples. It doesn't tell us how he got to the pool of Siloam. Were they in close proximity? I do not know. All I know is he did what he was told. And so he goes to the pool of Siloam, the pool of apostleship, the pool of the one who has been sent. And now as he begins to wash, with that water he begins to see now of all the pools that are represented in Jerusalem why that pool is because God wants you to know and I to know is that when the Lord heals us of our spiritual blindness what we need to do is go and tell what the Lord has done we need to go and proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ that righteousness does not come from any effort of your own you can't work hard enough you can't 
buy this thing. It is only one price and it's already paid. You just need to step into. Now, so we look at that. See, that, that eliminates the idea that we can get so free that we start sinning again. Good night. We're not elevating our righteousness so we can have the liberty to keep on self-destructing. We've been delivered out of that stuff. Amen? I don't want any more cocaine. I don't want any more alcohol. I could care less. In fact, it nauseates me if I smell whiskey anymore. Are you hearing me? I don't want that stuff. I'm finished with that. I'm done with that. What I want is the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because there has been a righteousness that has been awakened inside of the heart of the church. And when you awaken to righteousness, you don't have a taste for sin anymore. Because you understand who you are. Don't talk to me about being a liberal. My God, a righteous person who understands they are right before God built out holy the holiest. Bill, how to sanctify the most sanctified. Okay. I've got a half of agreement on that. See, it's interesting. Oh. So what happens to the man? Thank you. I can't count my steps. I just won't look at it. For the first time, I have realized what Paul's scales were. You remember the Apostle Paul when he came? Great light shone, and all of a sudden he had scales on his eyes. Anybody ever else wondered about that? What are these scales? Are they fish scales? What have what, you been asking the question? Reptile scales? I mean, are they like, are they organic? I don't know. Are they... Just, just the, the word for, for scab? I don't know. But see, the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee. These are the ones that we're going to talk about in just a minute that are just fighting against the Lord Jesus. But those scales that were on Paul's eyes, those scales were the scales of religion. I'll let that sink in a minute. See, religion's got one, one voice and one message. Work harder. Work harder. Work harder. You're not good enough yet. Work harder. I'm not going to take time to read it, but I'm going to give you as a homework assignment to read the rest of this chapter. And I'm going to trust that you do. But I'm just going to give an overlay of that as we continue here. Because after the man was healed, the people that saw him didn't recognize him. Let me tell you, there's a righteousness uh, that can so revolutionize your life uh, that you, in many aspects, become unrecognizable. I know he was born in Bowie, Texas. I know that he was a, he was a blind sinner. My Lord, I, I did all kinds of evil things with him. I, I, he's a, I, but I, he looks like the guy. He looks like Mike Sanders, but I don't know if he's really Mike Sanders or not. <laughs> because he don't look and act like a blind man anymore because he's moving about freely. And he's not, he doesn't have the beggar clothes anymore. Hmm. Let me tell you, a blind person acts blind. They have to have assistance, and I'm not pointing fingers at, at the blind, but we understand when you're blind, you've got to have some help. And, and you're, in, you're in darkness all the time, but 
this man had never seen before. He'd never seen the light of day because he was born blind. He had never seen a, a, a sunset. He could feel the warmth on his face, but he didn't lay eyes on it. Oh, wonder what he felt like the first time he looked down at the fragrance of the flower, the a rose for the first time. Maybe he had in his mind with his touch and his feel that maybe what it might look like, but oh, did, no one dis could describe the brilliance of the colors of the flowers. This man could not see from birth. I couldn't see how self-destructive I was. And Jesus came by one day and he took the reverse of the curse and he wiped it upon my eyes. And he said, son, I, I don't want you to hold this news to yourself. I, I want you to go wash. And when you wash, you're going to begin to see it's not just about me. It's not just, a, it's not just about me in here. It's about the, those that will receive the good news. See, they, they couldn't recognize who he was because he didn't act like he used to act. He didn't look like he used to look. He didn't behave like a blind man. It's my heart's desire that the church stop walking around in blindness. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Oh, who am I? Who, who, do I, who do I belong to? Who am I? Why don't I have any confidence? Who am I? Let me tell you who you are. You're in the likeness and the image. You're a child of the living God. You are an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are as you ought to be Amen. in Jesus. What are we going to do with this guy? We, we don't know what to do with him. I know. Let's take him to the Pharisees. Capital idea, isn't it? <laughs> Let's bring him on over. This guy was blind and now he can see. Deal with him. How in the world did you receive your sight? I was sitting. Jesus came by and touched me. And I went to the pool of Siloam. And now I can see. I don't believe you. Go get his mom and daddy. Get mom and daddy in here. What's happened to your son? I don't know. We carried him out there on the street as we do every day. I don't know if for sure they did that, but I'm just assuming he got to where he was somehow. I don't know if maybe he mapped out a course with his, with his cane. I don't know how he got there, but he made his way to wherever Jesus was, was and he'd make his way home every night. I don't know. He left the house this morning. He was blind, but my, in fact, they wouldn't even explain it to him. They just said, I don't know what happened to him. He's of mature age. You go ahead and ask him. You go ahead and ask him yourself because I do not know. He left the house this morning and he was blind, but now, oh, because if I get credit where credit's due, you're going to throw me out of, the, out of the synagogue. If I tell you the truth, number one, religion, you're not going to believe it. And number two, you're going to excommunicate me. Read it. It's in the text. I'm not slamming the church. The church is the bride of Christ. What I'm slamming is religion. I'm not slamming the church. Don't come to me and start talking about the bride of my king. 
you, you, you just don't do it. Because I believe in the church. I believe that God has positioned us and has purposed us that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I'm not speaking against the church. Don't get it twisted. I'm speaking against religion. I'm speaking against that. Speaking. I did it. I said that 15 years ago, and my family still gives me grief about it. Speaking has no meaning whatsoever. I am speaking about this work system that keeps mocking you. It's the Ishmael. But you're called to be the Isaac. Here, they bring in the Pharisee. I said, all right, mom and daddy ain't gonna help us. I need you to tell me how, you, how this happened. I like how cheeky this guy is. Cheeky, okay? Maybe cussing in British. I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> some, things, some things that are acceptable here may not be acceptable there. A little cheeky. Cheeky. Oh, little cheeky fella. He said, I told you once already. You're asking for it again? Do you want to follow him? <laughs> oh, man, let me tell you what righteousness will do. It calls you to be bold as a lion. Come on. When you understand you are as you ought to be, you'll stop shucking off fear and you'll start standing up and being who you're called to be. You want to be his follower too? Just, I don't know if you just got mad. What I want to say to you today is this. See, the Pharisees had zero concern for his well-being. The, not all Pharisees were bad, but they represent in this passage here religion. And religion only has one message and one message only, and that is work harder. Work harder, work harder, work harder. And they denied the fact that this man no longer has to be a, a burden on society because he's no longer, he's no longer in a beggar's role. He, he's, no, he's now he's able to see and he's able to move about. He's not going to be a burden. He's now going to be a blessing. But they didn't consider the fact that he is a mature adult because mom and dad said, I'm not going to speak on his behalf. He knows. He, you, can, you can ask him. He is fully matured. You ask him. And he declares to them. They don't even consider the fact that this man now who was living in poverty has now been set free. He can live and move about and do whatever it is that he desires within his wheelhouse. Religion has no concern about that. All they have to say is work harder. Keep the rules. This man, Jesus, who you said healed you, or this man, this, who do you say that he is? Well, he said he's a prophet of God. Then he goes on to say, look, if he was not from, from God the Father, if he was not from Jehovah in whom we worship, do you really think that I would be standing here right now having this discussion with you? 
God is not going to listen to, uh, he's not going to listen to the one and be able to bring about the, these things according to what an unrighteous man, but he's righteous before the Father. And so he spoke, and now I am healed. He said, you think you're going to teach us? Get out of here. See, religion had zero concern. Not an ounce of concern for this man. None. There's been a lot of folks that have stepped into the house of God and they have either been given or they have received and interpreted the message of the gospel as one of works. And lost interest in serving their father in heaven they have stopped learning or listening to the voice of the spirit because all they hear is the nagging aggravating voice of religion telling them that they are no good that you are a curse that you will measure never measure up all of your ills and wants and worries are a result of your cursed nature but when Jesus comes along he reverses the curse and he puts in us his right standing, his righteousness as we ought to be. Amen. Religion, nothing really to offer us but relationship with the living God, relationship with the risen Savior, relationship with Jesus Christ and our faith in him changes everything once I was blind but now I see in the fashion translation it says I see for the first time in my life and religion did not want to celebrate the fact that he saw for the first time in his life the man that healed you broke the Sabbath So this can't be from God because it was on the Sabbath. We got this rule, see. We got, the, we got this rule. Can't, can't do that on the Sabbath. So it can't be of God. Wait. Let me get my glasses. I'm going to check the Sabbath. You cannot reverse the curse on the Sabbath. You cannot deliver man out of complete darkness on the Sabbath. Hmm? You, you can't make, that's a lot of work, see? That looks like work to me. Can I say to you, you don't know what Sabbath means. It means the day of rest. God worked six days. He rested on the seventh. Did he rest because he was tired? No. He rested because the work was complete. It was finished. To tell us, die. It's done. Payment in full. Message has been delivered. It's everything that needs to be done has been done. See, so Jesus wasn't, he wasn't working that day. 
He's just resting. He wasn't working that day. He was resting in the completed work that was going to be complete because from the foundation of the earth. Are you getting it? Are you seeing it? See, he's going he's gonna to die. He's going to, for our sins, he's going to be buried. And then he's going to rise again on that third day. And then he's going to ascend to the Father, and he's going to sit down at the right hand of the Father, and he's still sitting there at the right hand of the Father. Why is he sitting? Because he wore out because of what he did 2,000 years ago? No, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father because the work is complete. And so when he reached down and picked up the dirt out of the earth that was cursed, he spit within that, and, and he made an anointing that reversed the curse, and he put it upon the eyes of the man. And when he did that, he was resting in what he already believed was complete in him because he is the sacrifice that ends all other sacrifices that now at the sacrifice of the completed work of Jesus Christ now you I'm not working I'm resting I'm not working I am resting and he was resting in that completed work is that all right God wants to deliver every spirit that is contrary to the will of the completed work of Christ. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a sweetness of the completeness that all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily is within you. And that, Lord, we are complete in him. Me and I gave you a multi-tool that little thing is just a reminder. It's got 11 different tools in this one little thing here. You can saw. You got a tree in your yard you want to cut down right here? You got a, you got a Topo Chico you want to open? You can, right there. You need to do some measurements. You got a new wall or something you want to put in. You got to. There's a lot of work in there, but there's a little knife right there. Mine is sharp. There, there's a. I, I'd been praying about what to give you the men. And this is just random. I don't even blame this on God. I just thought it was a good idea. But I, I, was, I had a dream, and in that dream, I was like, give away multi-tools. It wasn't, I don't think it was prophetic. Might have been, I don't know. I'm, it's happening, hey. <laughs> so, in this dream, I was just giving away these multi-tools. And then a few days later, I thought, well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to search for some multi-tools. And this is the cheapest one I could find. <laughs> you got to buy in bulk, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't the cheapest, it's almost the cheapest. But anyway, made out of stainless steel, remember that. Pocket size for your convenience. So, what does this represent to you and I? Now, I guarantee that we can't get everything done with those 11 different function of this tool. But I can guarantee you this. Everything that you need, Dad man of God, woman of God, 
is in you by Christ Jesus. All that you need, all the acceptance, all the security, all of the righteousness, all of the goodness, all of the mercy, all of the joy is in you. You are complete in Christ. So when you carry this, put it somewhere where you can see it. Put it in your wallet to remind you. Put it on the dash, put it on your dresser, put it in your car, put it in your console. And when you look at it, let it be a reminder that you are complete in Christ. That all the tools that are needed to get the job done don't have to go to Lowe's or some other place to find it. It's already in you. You are complete in Christ. Stand, if you will. Worship team, make your way up. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we glorify your name. Father, we glorify your name, Lord God, today. Lord, you've come, as we've talked about for weeks, talked about for weeks, a system that didn't work, systems that didn't work. Lord, the system, Lord God, of religion doesn't work. We can never be good enough to get in. We can never be good enough to live holy. It's only by the goodness that you put in us and by the holiness that you instill within us. Father, I'm asking today, Lord God, for those that are striving, laboring, looking for just the peace, the pressure that they're under, Pray today, Father, that when they get up in the morning, there will not be condemnation that meets them in their waking moments, but it'll be an overwhelming peace because they understand that they are as they ought to be in you. Lord, there are fathers today, there are brothers and sisters in Christ today, and they're struggling struggling Father I ask for peace for rest for joy in the Holy Spirit I'm going to ask you today right now if you want to make an exchange if you want to make an exchange today if you want to take all of your self effort all of your anxiety all of your sin, all of your pain, all of your shame. If you would like to bring that to the Lord, say, God, I want to give this to you in exchange for your completeness. I want to, I want to lay it before you so I can take up so that I may know who I am. If that's you today, come on. Come on, we're going to take just a few more moments. Just a few more moments, come on.